Hey everybody, welcome back to Warrior Talk. This is Sean Wilson. This is Matt Stewart. And we are so glad to have you listening yet again to our podcast. We are so thankful for all the faithful listeners who have been uh, supporting us for the last three weeks. Oh, it's been awesome, Sean. I can't believe it. Honestly, I, I, I truly cannot believe the support and just, you know, comments we're getting on a daily, weekly basis. Agreed. And I wish you guys could just sit in the room with us as we're prepping uh, for the podcast. I mean, Matt and I are just super excited again to be able to share in a dream of ours, just to be able to sit down, talk Danville sports, uh, sports as a whole. So again, thank you guys so much. So we're going to hop right in and kind of get to some like national sports highlights. I, I don't think we can avoid this one. The big fight last night, we had Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Were you able to watch the fight, Sean? I actually did not stay up. I have to wake up pretty early on Sunday morning. Knew that the fight would be on uh, pretty late, uh, yeah. aware of that West Coast time. I believe the fight actually started at midnight. What yeah. about you? Uh, no, was <laughs> unable. I'm usually in bed by 9 o'clock, so midnight is a pretty tall order for me, but... I kind of saw the highlights, you know, went through ESPN and stuff like that. It sounded like it was a really phenomenal fight, but I think the end result was what everybody, for the most part, was expecting. So I think everyone got their money's worth. Yeah, here's here's what here's what's cool to me is I remember watching the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight and being totally disappointed. Uh, Pacquiao, being a boxer, did not look like he could even compete with Floyd Mayweather. Um, and yet we have this guy, Conor McGregor, phenomenal athlete. I mean, UFC for sure is not something that anybody can just get up in the morning and do. No, uh, Total physical, uh, just spe- <clears throat> specimen. Wow. Got really choked up thinking That's all about right. McGregor. That's uh, okay. The, the Irish lad. Um, but, but here's what's cool about it to me is Conor McGregor maybe a year ago, began training for a fight. He, he completely switched sports. Yes, there are some similarities, um, but I know like a lot of people were curious, was McGregor going to throw a knee? Was McGregor going to yeah. throw an elbow? You know, like like would the UFC inside of him kind of come out and, and he do something that would totally cost him uh, the match, possibly cost him a lot of money? Um, but I saw none of that in the in the replay of the fight, and and I was impressed that he went ten rounds. Oh yeah, ten rounds with any boxer, let alone a guy that was forty nine and zero coming to this. So. I mean, the fact that he went that many rounds with, you know, some would argue the greatest boxer to ever do it. Correct. Is an accomplishment in itself. And it's like, you can't help but, you know, admire the guy to a point. Right. Uh, I mean, you're right. He switched sports. He, and honestly, he kind of, and I, you and I have talked about this, he kind of breathe some new life into boxing right you know it's been ufc 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 this you know the past five years and for this last you would probably say year it's it's all a bit about it's all about this fight right it it all built up to this and you never know conor mcgregor may stick with boxing you don't know and then he's this new character right in boxing that is going to kind of just lead the charge for this new generation of boxers yeah i mean more than anything he just he did it wasn't a flop so I imagine no. if you spent the money, you were happy with what you saw, um, you think we'll see part two? 
I don't know. I think 50 and 0 is just such a good number for Floyd Mayweather, and I he doesn't need the money. At least I don't think he does. Right. You never know. But it's like I, I think Floyd is done. Yeah. But I the small part of me thinks like Mayweather may become McGregor's promoter or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he may want to latch his name right. onto McGregor. And don't get me wrong, every time McGregor's been beat, whether it be this this fight last night or any of his UFC fights, he's always been a gracious loser right. from what I've understood. Right. understood. Like, he knows when he's beat. Right. And the thing was, you know, most people probably ordered this pay-per-view or got, got the ringside seats for that small chance. Right. That very, very small chance that McGregor might land that one punch and... One of the greatest upsets you've probably ever seen. Very true. So also going on in the sports world this past week, we saw a big trade between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics that basically involved Cleveland sending Kyrie Irving to Boston, Boston sending Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland, along with... Uh, Jay Crowder, a future first round pick I from think the it's, Nets it's this upcoming Nets, season yes, upcoming season it's this upcoming draft from the Nets um, and we know right now as we're recording this that there are still conversations going on whether or not Isaiah is uh, healthy enough for the Cavs to accept the trade um, you know would they potentially ask for another asset whether that's a player or another future draft pick but if we're just talking right now about the trade as it stands what do you think I think it helps both teams short-term. I think it helps the Cavs long-term. Really? Yes. It, More so than Boston. Boston, now, from what I understand, Kyrie is under contract for, I think, another two, maybe three years. So Correct. he, he yeah. So kind of mid-term, I guess, if that, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's kind of a, a term here, it helps Boston as well. But long-term, you don't know the, the status of LeBron James. Right. You don't know if he's leaving or not. So that future first-round pick looms very large. Now, we're talking about a first-round pick from the Brooklyn Nets that is in the Eastern Conference. Correct. And the Eastern Conference is, by and large, a dumpster fire. Yes. Now, a year ago, everybody would probably think that maybe that Nets pick is a potential lottery pick for sure. Yes. Uh, But maybe even one, two, or three. So yes. that pick, I believe, a year ago had so much value. But when you look at the forecast for the Eastern Conference right now, uh, the Pacers are a train they're no, wreck. They're, they are. They, they're at least a year away. They got so many new names going on. Uh, obviously, Paul George going to Oklahoma City. You're bringing in two guys that have never played with anybody on the team as it stands now. They're... It, and I've seen it. You know what? I'm going to watch the Pacers a lot more this year uh-huh. because I feel like, and I've talked with some of my friends about this, they're going to be more interesting to watch because I think they're going to play harder on a nightly basis. And I yeah. think Indiana fans appreciate that. Yeah. And as good as Paul George was, you didn't know if he was going to show up that night. Right. I agree so, with that. But yeah, we'll get all, that's another topic for so, another right, time. Right, right, right. And we're not trying to dissect the NBA right now, but let's just, let's just take my assumption uh, correctly, that the Nets pick is not nearly as valuable today as it was a year ago. I would agree with you, but and I believe it's like top three protected. So if it is one of those top three picks, the next Nets get to keep it. 
I'm not 100% yeah, I'm not sure either. on yeah, that. Either. But either way, the Cavs needed this pick as part of the deal because Isaiah Thomas's contract is up at the end of the year as Correct. well. Correct. So you don't know a lot about LeBron James. You don't know if you're going to pay the money to Isaiah Thomas at the end of the year. Right. What are you going to fall back on? So this is short-term. You're still going to be really good this next year. Long-term, you still get that number one pick. And you could be in for a total rebuild. Yeah, I'm pumped for the Celtics. Um, Kyrie is definitely going to be an upgrade to Isaiah Thomas. Now, Isaiah had a phenomenal second half of the year. No one can blame him uh, or fault him for what he did in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, losing a sister the way that he did um, would just mess with anybody psychologically, emotionally. He also was playing through an injury. But one of the things about Isaiah... And Kyrie is Isaiah's worse on defense than Kyrie. Honestly, if you're going defensively, it was a push. Yeah. Okay. I, in my opinion, defensively it was a push. Now, I think the only reason Kyrie might be a little bit better defensively is because just because of his size. He's six three right. compared to Isaiah's five nine. Right. Offensively, it, I honestly I think Kyrie's better offensively. Isaiah had an unbelievable year. For a 5'9 point guard to have that kind of year is yeah. unbelievable. Like, you, you haven't seen something like that since, like, Allen Iverson. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that's the kind of year he had. It's, it's a push there. Jay Crowder helps Cleveland. I think that yes, is going to get... Yes, I agree with that defensively. It, it, yes, it's another long wing to defend the Warriors. That, that's pretty much what it was. They need <laughs> long wings, that, guys that can switch... Yeah. On switch everywhere and not lose anything defensively. Right. Boston, on the other hand, your their starting five is probably going to be it's going to be Kyrie, it's going to be Gordon Hayward, it's going to be Al Horford. Uh, so you're you're banking on those three right there, and they got a couple guys that, now. They got rid of Avery Bradley. Now they got rid of Jay Jay Crowder. They're gonna struggle. I feel like with depth. But mm. Boston, I feel like did get better. Yes. Because Kyrie in the playoffs. Is All right. something so, special. So question, we'll just kind of end this conversation right here. Uh, Cleveland and Boston meet Eastern Conference Finals. Who wins because of this trade? Because of this trade, I still like Cleveland slightly. The gap has gotten much closer. Okay, The gap has gotten much closer because of the trade, but it's still LeBron James. He's, okay. the, be- he's the best player on the floor, and he's going to get the most out of his teammates. And when it comes... Push comes to shove, he's going to get done. We're not going to even go down this road because I could care less about LeBron James. But I will say Boston gets the edge on this because of the trade. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum we've not even talked about. Yes, I forgot about that. So I I, I think the edge now goes to Boston. Uh, All right, just kind of wrapping up our sports highlights, looking at the week ahead. College football has officially kicked off with a few games Early or late last week, Stanford uh, beating Rice pretty handedly. South Florida, another ranked team, uh, blowing out San Jose State. Uh, you know, for me, pretty excited about Thursday night. Buckeyes going to Bloomington. Um, yes, um, this will be the first and probably only time I will say this, IU fans. But yes, college game day will be in Bloomington on Thursday. Soak it in. There, yeah, there. Actually, I mean, for an IU fan or any kind of fan, there is no better time to be excited 
than before the opening kickoff of the season because everybody believes that they have a chance. So just looking at the college football schedule, just the big game to point out. Number The first game would be uh, number 11, Michigan, versus number 17, Florida. Just just a great, yep. you know, highly ranked teams going against each other. And then uh, the, big, the big game of the weekend will be Saturday night, 8, 8, uh, 8 p.m. kickoff. Florida State, Alabama, number three versus number one. Believe that that would just be phenomenal way to see what what these two teams have this, this season. This could be a possible college playoff preview game. Correct. I think both of us had both of these teams in the Final Four. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. we did. So I mean, to get the college football season kicked off like this is something else. Very cool. Well, Matt, uh, kind of the bread and butter of our podcast is looking at Danville Sports and highlighting what's going on uh, with all the different teams and looking ahead at the week. So let's just jump straight in to Danville uh, Sports from this past week. So to recap it, uh, the girls' soccer team did very well last week, very busy week. On Monday, they had a 5-0 win against a conference team, North Montgomery, getting off the conference play to a good start. On Wednesday, they were able to pull out a one nothing win in the county rival Plainfield. We, out, me and my wife were at the game. It was awesome to see. I think that was a game that that team needed to pull out, kind of rely on their defense more. We know they can score a lot of goals. They were able to get that one goal in the first half, and the defense just kept making plays and making plays and making plays, so that was a lot of fun. And then the, yesterday on Saturday, they were able to pull to a 1-1 tie with Lafayette Jeff. And then the JV, they were able. They lost their game on Wednesday, 0-2 to Plainfield, and then on Saturday they were also able to pull a tie, 1-1 with Lafayette Jeff. Boys soccer uh, started off pretty strong during their week with a 4-1 win versus South Montgomery. Uh, pretty exciting game to be able to see uh, the Warriors start their conference uh, title. Uh, I don't know how you would say that. Defending the conference, defending the conference title. Uh, So 4-1 win uh, against Southmont. Then Thursday and Saturday, both just really difficult losses for the Warriors soccer team. Uh, 0-2 loss to Greencastle at home. Uh, And then Saturday was a 1-4 loss against uh, Jefferson Lafayette. The boys' uh, JV team uh, also had some ups and downs uh, this past week. Uh, They went to Cardinal Ritter and... I won't even share that score with you. It was pretty brutal. Um, but I'll tell you, as a coach of those boys, uh, one thing that I was just super proud about is when you are, let's just be frank, getting your butts kicked, you want to see a team that does not quit. And even when everything kind of is going against them, uh, I was really proud of those guys because they kept going out there. They kept trying. They kept fighting uh, to get goals, to get better, uh, and definitely saw that. And what was cool is we had a game on Thursday night against Greencastle, and uh, they kind of rebounded uh, big time and really came out and said that they, they wanted to keep playing. And so they got a 2-0 to zero win against Greencastle. And then on Saturday, we also struggled uh, against Jefferson Lafayette, had a 1-4 to four loss, um, loss there. Volleyball, since our last podcast, uh, they've been really, really busy. Since our last podcast on the 19th, so last Saturday, they went up to Elwood and won the Invitational up there. Uh, On Monday, they turned around and won in three sets versus Speedway. On Tuesday, they won in three sets again against Owen Valley. Then on Thursday, they went to Northmont and won in three sets. And then on Saturday, they went up to Benton Central where 
uh, actually Coach Thomas is from. Yeah. They would go up there. They went to a round robin tournament and went three and zero. Oh, so they went a perfect for the week. Very happy for them. Very proud of them. Uh, the JV they were able to win in two sets against Speedway on Monday. Then on Tuesday they were able to to close it out in two sets as well against Owen Valley. And then on Thursday. They lost the first set against North Montgomery, but turned right around and won the next two to get a victory against North Montgomery. And then the freshman volleyball team just had one match last week where they won in two sets versus Covenant Christian. Boys tennis on Tuesday, they had a 2-3 to three loss against Northview. And then on Thursday, they also had a 1-4 to four loss against... Lafayette Central Catholic. Thank you very much. No problem. All right, the girls' golf team, we were able to get some results. Uh... From, let's see here, there we go. On Monday, they were defeated by Plainfield, but they were able to uh, put up their lowest team score of the year at, of a 2 3 uh, On Tuesday, they were second in a three-way match against Western Boone and Crawfordsville, losing to Western Boone, but defeating Crawfordsville. On Thursday, they placed second again in a three-way match, losing to Mooresville by only three strokes, but beating North Putnam. Uh, but And then also posting another team low of 201, and Jenna Lucas was the match medalist with a 45. Very cool. What about cross country? Cross country? Well, they didn't have the week they would have liked. They had a, uh, I don't even know, the where is that? Harem? Dude. Just, just bear with me here, Hakuna folks. Matata, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. That's what we're going to call it. it is, yes. uh, I know... On Saturday, Josh Cruz and Sam Comer had a 12th place finish. Uh, talked to Sam. He it, it wasn't the result they were looking for, but they also have to turn right around on Tuesday and get ready for their county meets. So that was cross country. And then kind of wrapping up the week was the football game over at Lucas Oil. Uh, an unbelievable win, 59-14 to against Mooresville. Sean, you and I both were not able to attend the game, but we were Correct. able to watch the game online for the on the IHSA website. What would you think? Well, uh, I felt like I was going to have to call Coach Woods and apologize. I turned the game on a little bit late, and as soon as I turned it on, Mooresville uh, went with a uh, – they got a score, which put it 21-7. to uh, It was like, you know, for me, I was like, oh, man, what have I just done? But then the Warriors literally just came right back down and started punching them in the throat and just owned the game. Uh, I was pretty pretty amazed at what I got to see. You know, we were just watching it on the internet on a computer, but as I was doing some work in my basement watching the, the game, I just got excited because what I saw in that Danville Warrior football team was intensity. And I saw that intensity all throughout the game, through every single play, through every action that was taking place, whether somebody was blocking, whether somebody was running a route, whether somebody was defending a route, uh, tackling, I mean, trying to intercept the ball. I mean, everything that I saw, the coaches on the sideline, even the mob out in the audience, I mean, like, it was just, there was so much intensity. And as a coach and as a lover of sports, that is something that you just, you desperately want to see on the team. And I think we we talked we touched on this last week. I, it starts from the top down. Yeah. Uh, Casey is full of energy. The coaching staff gets it, and you and I have talked about this. I think it's the culture. Yeah. They have put into these kids. 
it's a winning culture, it's infectious, and it's awesome. I, I'm not surprised at the 59 points because right. we know what this offense can do. I was impressed with the defense this week. They were causing turnovers. They were flying around. Even the special teams got involved. They yeah. had a blocked punt for a touchdown. Uh, it, it was a total team effort, all three phases of the game. Right. And it, it's awesome to see. The it's other awesome thing, yeah. The other thing I loved about watching that game, and and it kind of goes with that intensity. I mean, sometimes you can have reckless intensity, um, but the, but the other thing that I saw was a confidence. I mean, I just you I couldn't agree. see the eyes of the players, you you know, but you could see the body language, and you could see that when alignment was getting down in their three point stance, that they just believed that they were going to fly off the ball and they were going to knock the other person down. Uh, when the receivers were going up to catch the ball, you could see in their body language that they were going to catch the ball and that they knew exactly what they were going to do when they landed on their feet and they were able to run towards the end zone. And there's just there's something infectious about confidence. Yes. And it was exciting to see that. And again, I think that comes from the coaching staff. They just they believe in their players. They believe in the in the program. They believe in in all of the plans that they're trying to implement. And I think it's exciting. I mean, I think oh, last it's very year, exciting. I think last year we we were we might have been caught off guard. By the success, I, I don't want to say that to downplay what the football team did, right? Oh like, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no slam or negativity to that. I just think that like it, it was a breath of awesome fresh air. But to see them come back the way that they're doing it this year shows you that 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 there's something being built. There's something exciting about Danville football. Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll just kind of add this. I was at a fantasy football draft Friday night mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm a Danville graduate, I played football, and some of my high school friends were at this draft as well, and I was watching the game, and I was updating them on the score, and I think it was at the point we were up maybe four touchdowns or something like that, and I, I said the score out loud, and one of the guys told me, I was like, man, that that's some old school Danville football, and I was like, you know what, you're right, It's it, it really is refreshing to get that, and I think, you know, players of past alumni are getting behind the team again, which is awesome to see. Right. And it, you know, youth programs are at the games all the time, the youth right. teams, you know, and I think Casey's done a really good job getting the youth coaches involved. Right. And it's just, well, even seeing, I don't know. Even seeing a lively student section. Yes. Again, I mean, like, that. that's one of the... Uh, the marks, I think, of, of a healthy sports program is seeing the students behind sports. I mean, I know that there's a student section that comes to volleyball games. I know that there's a student section that attends the soccer games, right? And and there's just something about that, seeing kids happy, seeing them pumped and excited about team spirit, and not just in a, in a pep rally, but actually supporting the teams and going to them. And this is just as in football. Like, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, so, I, I mean, I did football, I did basketball, I golfed. You know, so I never got that opportunity to be in that student section, but yeah. I can tell you from a player standpoint, being able to play in front of a large student section, let's just let's forget about the crowd, but having your students behind right. you, knowing that they're going to help you through like a, a tougher time during the game, right. or they're going to help carry your momentum forward right. as it goes, it's a huge deal. I don't care what anybody says. That's why you have such huge student sections at college. Right. You know, you don't get that feel in the NFL pro sports. Right. But, you know, having that humongous, you know, cheer block behind you means a lot. 
no, totally agree. Um, I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. One of the cool things, uh, maybe the last thing that I'll talk about for that football game, uh, was just listening to the announcers talking about, uh, what was Danville going to do coming into the second half? Uh, would, would they let down? Would they, uh, maybe even take their foot off the gas pedal? And, um, I'm excited to get a chance to talk to Casey and, and just get some insight from him on how does he how does he coach a team that has a lead like they did that was just so dominant because they came back out and they did not let up they, no, there they was did there not. was zero letdown um, they just continued to thrive and push the ball uh, and defend the ball really in, in the way that they had done in the first half so kudos Danville football team uh, not that it matters to you but two guys doing a podcast are just proud and, and excited to continue to watch. And support you guys. So let's look ahead um, at Danville Sports for this next coming week, the week of August the 28th. I can't believe that uh, we are in the last week of August. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Sean. So much fun. All right. On Monday night, uh, we have a boys tennis match versus Southmont at home. Uh, that starts at 5 p.m. And then 5.30 p.m., girls soccer goes to Brownsburg. Uh, I just, just kind of forecasting. I mean, we've seen... A great success and just super proud of what our girls soccer team is doing. This Brownsburg match will kind of be one of those barometers. It'll you know, be a, what what it'll be that what, test. what can they do when they go away? Uh, beating Plainfield at home uh, with the home support behind them was awesome. What can they do when they go into that hostile territory of Brownsburg? Totally agree. Tuesday, the boys tennis is back in action against conference uh, opponent North Montgomery. That'll start at 5 o'clock. Also at 5 o'clock, Cross Country, like we said, it has their county invitational, I believe. It says HRH County Invitational, I believe. I don't know exactly where that's taking place. Double-check me, but it may be the uh, YMCA course okay. there off 36 and Avon. That, again, that starts at 5 o'clock. At 5.30, the boys' JV soccer team will be going to Tri-West. Always, always yeah. a big game. Uh, with the varsity to follow approximately 7 p.m. And then the volleyball team is back in action at Cascade County Foe. JV starting at 5.30 with the varsity soon to follow. And tons, I mean, all of that is uh, away games with the boys tennis still at home versus North Montgomery. Uh, we would we would greatly encourage all of the Danville fans to be able to travel uh, to all of these different locations, pick a sport, go, support, uh, support your teams, and uh, cheer them on, encourage them. In any way that you can, there is nothing on the schedule Wednesday night, August the 30th. Then back on the 31st, we have uh, girls golf at Lebanon West Lafayette, boys tennis at uh, Indianapolis Arsenal Technical, girls soccer is a conference match, 5:30 at home against Southmont. And then um, girls volleyball freshmen at, or no, sorry, home against Beach Grove. And then JV and varsity to follow. That starts at 530. And then on Friday, September 1st, the big football game, the football team will be home against Lebanon opening up conference play. Lebanon, from what I understand, they're top-ranked team in yep. 4A. They're... Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, they're 2-0. This is going to be a huge game. We need all the support we can get out there for the team. From what I understand, I believe Operation Football will be out at the game as well that night. 
cannot tell you what it means to have a crowd behind you for that game. Yeah, this is gonna be a special night. I know that the uh, the cheerleading squad is hosting uh, a bunch of uh, the younger girls, teaching them a little bit of the cheerleading. My daughter will be there. Pretty excited to get a chance to see her on the uh, sidelines, cheering, cheering with the crowd. Um, and we've we've been talking about this for the last three weeks. When we started looking at the schedule, this Lebanon game, we felt, was also going to be a great check on where is the Danville football team. Not to say that Mooresville uh, was an easy cakewalk, um, but I think this Lebanon game being a conference game uh, will will definitely be a good test. To go along with that, I mean, teams have now two games of footage on you. There's not too many secrets. You're gonna right. Obviously, you're going to game plan for them. Back forth, it's gonna it's it's more of a chess match at this point. Right. You know, punch counter punch type game. Uh, it, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I know that uh, Lebanon's running back is very very well respected, very very good. I believe he's getting Division One looks. Yeah. It's gonna be quite the task to limit him. You're not yeah. gonna stop him, but you gotta limit him in what he does. But I, I think this coaching staff is going to be ready to roll. All right, then wrapping things up for the week on Saturday, 10 a.m., JV football at Lebanon, girls soccer, 10 a.m., home against Mooresville. Uh, Danville's freshman volleyball team is having a Danville Invitational at 10 a.m., and then 12 p.m., the girls soccer uh, we'll have a JV match versus Mooresville. And then the boys will start things off 1 p.m. versus Indianapolis Northwest at home with the uh, varsity team following up at 2.30. And then there's also at 8.30 a.m., Cross Country has a state preview invitational. So that kind of wraps up the week of Danville Sports and what's to come up. So... I think we got a lot of feedback from this last week. Super pumped about that. Thank yes. you. We want to thank everybody for the <laughs> feedback. I think it's a really fun question. But the poll question last week was, what are your top five sports movies? And what's great about this is all opinion. It's what you personally enjoy. There are right and wrong answers. But to each their own. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, so we did talk about just trying to distinguish what is a sports movie and we really landed on this idea that uh, the, a sport has to progress the storyline uh, from the beginning to the end. Yes, right? it has to drive the movie. So just kind of looking at some of our Facebook feedback, one movie really rises to the top. Yes, you're talking to Indiana people, Sean. I mean, is... I know you're an Ohioan. We will forgive yeah. you for that. But... Obviously, Hoosiers is on just about everybody's list. Yeah. If it's not, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, but spoiler alert, it's not on I know it's five. not on your list. I, I'm a, I've come to grips with that. You know, Hoosiers is a good movie. It's a great movie. It's good, and I enjoyed watching it growing up, but there's a point where it, it, it just... It's, it's too much. It's too over the top. No... It's it's based on a true story. How can you how can you say it's over the top? Well, maybe it's Ollie or Gene Hackman. I don't know. There's just the shorts might be might be my biggest issue. I don't know. I just it just doesn't feel hater like a top five to me. Uh, you know, another thing that kind of stood out to me is we have a lot of baseball movie fans. Oh yeah, this especially this town. Trust me on this part. Huge baseball fans. But I think it goes to I. 
it's easy. I won't say easier, but baseball movies have that kind of romance to yeah. them, I guess. So, and they, that's they, why baseball's so relevant today. Is I think people are still longing for that romance that used is to be really there. not there anymore. Yeah, I, we still have our diehard fans. Don't get me wrong. I, I I still watch baseball. I'll still go to games. Yeah. But I'm not into it as much as I used to. You and I are both Cincinnati Reds fans. Right, so I don't want to say I'm a fair weather fan, because <laughs> like, I certainly am not. I, I will watch every opening day, because to me, opening day as a Reds fan is our World Series, because after that point, the season's over. <laughs> so whether they win or they lose, I don't know. It just kind of makes or breaks. Let me let me ask you this real quick. Um, do you have a baseball movie in your top five? Yes, I do. All right, so then I will hold off on that question. Possibly. I'm st- I'm still deciding on my okay. fifth movie as it goes. It could be two baseball okay. movies. Okay, I, th- I have a baseball movie as well in my top five, so looking forward to that. Anything else, uh, Matt, that just kind of stuck out, made you laugh, or uh, maybe maybe swayed what? your opinion? Well, there's a couple movies in here that guys have uh, put in here that I've never even seen, so I, I don't know what The Pistol is. Don't, I don't know. I didn't do my research. I should have, yeah. but I, I think the fact that I didn't know it Kind I don't know what the Express the, is. The Express? Yeah, I don't know what that is. That's a good movie about uh, Cleveland Browns running backs. Well, maybe that's probably why I could care less. Yeah, you're a Bengals fan. Uh, but uh, there's a couple of other good ones in there. Uh, I I did dig on the Karate Kid. I don't think I would have thought of that. Um, I, I, I looked at Eight Men Out. That was one of those movies that I was tempted to put into my top five. Which brings me to... We kind of had a generational gap, uh-huh. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, People a little bit older than us, you could tell they were a little bit more into the older movies. We had a couple Kevin t- Costner movies for sure. Hey, one of I have two Kevin Costner movies in my top all right, five. Thank all right. you very much. But tell, tell me, I'm talking. Tell me, Draft Day isn't one of them. It is not okay. Draft Day. That movie <laughs> okay. is talk about. Over all right, the top, all right. Okay. Let's listen. Uh, but didn't you, make anybody's top five. So we're. I mean, fine you had that. you had a couple people put Chariots of Fire, which I, eh, I'll admit, I've never seen Chariots of Fire. But you had some Chariots of Fire. You had Eight Men Out. Yep. You had, you know, Field of Dreams. Yep. You had... Bull, Dur- Bull Durham. The Natural. Bull Durham's not that old. Yeah, Com- it is. It, what? Comparatively? No, it is not that old. All right, we're going to get some people angry, so we won't okay. go too far on that. Big shout out. I, I You know, I, he and I have already talked to this, but I, I'm going to call out my guy, Todd Haney, for putting the sixth man in his top five. I forget where he put it exactly. It might have been like three or four. Yeah. But tr- I've seen The Sixth Man maybe like once or twice. Right. But I never thought anybody held it in such high esteem to put it in their top five. So, you know what? More power to you, Todd. You know, uh, if we're going to call out some people, I got to call out my boy, Zach McNulty. Um, don't really understand the Teen Wolf reference. It's got to be like something that just tugs his heartstrings a little bit. A little like, Michael J. Fox love affair. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I did I did like Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I, yeah. And that, and that was something that people were struggling with, I, I believe, is they wanted a, a distinction, like two different lists of kids' movies versus adult movies. But I feel They're like that waters yeah. down everything. And yes. one of the things about a list is it forces you. Yep. It forces you. You Love have it. to make a decision. So with that in mind, we're going to get to our list. Okay. Sean, what is your number five? Number five? All right. Number five, I'll, I'll just go with The Sandlot. 
it, you can't. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you for any of these. There's That's no fair. wrong. There's no wrong answer. Sandlot is a great movie. Is there any like special I mean, reason? You you. I feel like if you grew up watching it. Yes. It, it brings to you so many fond memories. I can watch it still today, and and, and I can talk about squints, you know, <laughs> and windy peppercorn and. And the Beast. I mean, there's just so much to that movie that is nostalgic. And I think when we look at my list, especially, everything about my list touches my heart. Right. Yep. I for me, I am an emotional guy. I am a sentimental to the core. There's just no way around it. So when I when I rank a movie, it's got to do something to my heart. It's got to do something that is going to. Uh, provoke a, a positive experience or a positive emotion, and so for me, the Sandlot just—it it just reminds me of childhood. It reminds me of fireworks on the Fourth of July. There's just something about that movie. Yeah, I agree. My number five—I think my wife talked me into this one. Oh, it, man. It's a League of Their Own. Yeah. It's yeah. a League of Their Own, and it's not—it's not like you as it you know drums up these memories or anything. I just think it's a really good movie. It, I think it was well written. Yep. The acting is great Phenomenal. in it. If anything, for Tom Hanks alone, yep. that movie is worth it. The guy is awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I could quote a many, scene right yeah. now, but I could. Well, how many times have you heard in in any circumstance or any situation, there's no, no crying, crying in baseball? baseball? Absolutely, it's it's one of those phrases that you will you will know if you've seen the movie once. Right. Right. That's the one thing that probably will. Maybe if you've never seen the movie, yeah, that that's a quote that just resonates. Or if you all you had to do was hear that quote, it drove you to watching that movie. Right. So that that's I think it's just because it was just a good movie is why it's my number five. <clears throat> so for me, number four is the movie We Are Marshall. And um, I am, I'm a sucker for McConaughey, right? I hate to admit oh, that. Oh, right, right, oh, yeah, right. I hate to admit that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for that story because there's so much tragedy that surrounded what just took place. And you have a football team, uh, I believe they all perished. I don't know the exact details, so I don't want to say. me neither. I wish I would have done more research on that. Anyways... The bottom line to this story is there's tragedy that surrounds this football team, and they rise above it. They, they push through it. They, they don't allow the tragedy to dictate uh, what, what their circumstances are. They choose to push through it and allow themselves to, to dictate, really, uh, the story that they want to tell. So, for me, We Are Marshall, uh, just one of those heartfelt movies that, uh, that really just hits home for me. My number four, I'm a sucker for comedies. You'll get that with the rest of my list as well. But number four is Bull Durham. Okay. Bull Durham is one of the funniest sports movies I have ever, ever watched. I mean, Kevin Costner is an absolute monster in this. He is so funny. He's great. You got Tim Robbins. You got Susan Sarandon. You got this host of other just... Can't say I've seen it. Oh, you're missing out. I believe so. Uh, you're missing out on this one. Bull Durham is just, it's minor league baseball, and, and it still has that kind of redeeming story. Okay, okay. Where, you know, you have this guy that has spent so many years in the minors. He's yeah. been called up once before, and he's back there, and he's teaching all these young guys how to, how to you know, play in the minors, especially this pitcher. You know, he's a catcher, and he's supposed to, you know, kind of, 
put him under his wing to make sure he gets to the majors at right. some point. And it, it but it, I mean, the comedy in it is just, it's so good. So that, that's my number four. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you a break. I'll go to my number three. Right. I'll, I'll back up Kevin Costner with Kevin Costner. Okay. So my number three is Tin Cup. All right. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a golfer. Never seen it either. Oh, it's uh, just as good. Okay. Tin Cup, Kevin Costner, Cheech, you know, Rene Russo. Uh, it's, it's so, it, and it's, it's a romantic, kind. it's a rom-com. Yeah. But. Golf drives it, you know, this guy's out in West Texas, Yeah. you know, driving range pro, he's able to qualify for the U.S. Open, you know, he makes it to the final round, huh. and stuff like that, I mean, it's hilarious, as there's a scene in it that still, like, gives me an eye twitch, uh-huh. I don't want to spoil yeah, anything do for that. you, curious but it gives it. me an eye twitch as a golfer every time I see it. You'll know exactly what I'm okay. talking about when you see it. Okay. But, it, it, again, just sucker for comedies, and it, it's just really good. It's got a really good story to it. So, we're on number three right now? Yes, we are. All right, so my number three, um, this, this is my wild card uh, movie. It's a movie called Chasing Mavericks. And it's a, it's a surfing movie. Okay. And so, surfing is the sport that pushes it through, and... Uh, it's got Gerard Butler in it, um, and it's a story of a boy whose father abandoned him, and the boy's growing up near the coast, sea surfing is something that he wants to do. Uh, again, there's a little dramatized stuff going on. The boy's out there in the water. He, he's off of his board. He starts drowning, and then Gerard Butler's character comes by. His name's Frosty, and uh, Frosty pulls him out of the water, and then this, this bond, this relationship is formed around teaching the boy how to surf, and yet this boy is l- longing for that father figure. Right. And uh, again, so it's funny, you know, you got your comedy spin on everything that you're kind of going through, and everything for me is just kind of like this investing, and, and not to say that 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 yeah. there's anything wrong. Like I don't know why. No, I'm with you. I'm um, with you. But I just I love the story because again, you and I know that in the world that we live in today, there are so many kids out there longing for that father. Whether it's a, a male role model, it's just somebody to say, I'm proud of you, or just to invest in you. And so surfing uh, is, that, is that bond between these two guys, and uh, really just drives, drives, drives the story. So I would, I would encourage you, I, I would guess most of our podcast listeners have not seen Chasing Mavericks. Um, I know I have. I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, so for me, I'll, I'll follow back up with my number two. Um, I'm going to have to go with the movie 42. And I absolutely love the story of Jackie Robinson. And uh, I feel like the way that they portray... Um, you, you could focus on so many different things in that movie, but they focus on him being called up to the big leagues and the, the, the battle that he would face every day uh, with the racism that was so prevalent um, in baseball at the time. And so you get to see this uh, owner, which I love Harrison Ford, so you, I'm just a sucker for anything with Harrison Ford in it. <laughs> and so Harrison Ford picks Jackie Robinson, not because he's the best player, but because he believes he's the best player to face what was going to come his way. 
And I just, I love the story of a man showing restraint when everything is coming down around him because I feel like that's a quality that is so lacking in today's sports culture, ex- right. es- especially. Um, and, and a man that overcame just, just brutal brutal racism and just the guys that came up and surrounded him so i could talk forever about that 42 (laughs) is my number two movie well my number two movie surprisingly is not my number one movie but it's hoosiers okay i mean it i mean high school basketball in this state kind of i i don't care what anybody says still reigns supreme i know the older generation they're used they were used to that single class basketball yep and it all I've known is class basketball. Right. So I, I never got to really experience that. But Hoosiers kind of takes that single class, you know, small town, give yep. the little guy a chance yep. mentality and just takes it to the extreme. You know, I mean, Gene Hackman, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Hopper, great. You yep. know, town drunk. Right. So it, it's such a good movie and it make it just gives you the feels yeah. you know it gives you that warm and fuzzy inside and you know just to see you know that final play right where you know he he, he wants to use Jimmy Chitwood as a as a decoy right and it's like you could see the body language and the rest of the team is like no like this isn't the way it's supposed to be and he just looks at me and he's like I'll make it right you know what i mean it's like yeah, and that and that's the kind of it. It's chills. You know, as much grief as I give Hoosiers the movie, Danville Soccer a couple years ago had uh, a slogan on the back of their shirt that says "Nobody roots for Goliath." Yeah, and uh, it is truly the ultimate story of David versus Goliath. We love it. I mean, anybody loves it. I mean, that's why the NCAA tournament's so popular. Everybody's rooting for the underdogs and gets totally jacked and crazy when that actually happens. All right, man. What about your number one? Number one, Caddyshack. <laughs> it's Caddyshack. I it is. I could quote that movie forever. Like you hear it, it it's even today in sports. It is part of the sports culture, the vernacular. Like yep. you hear guys on Sports Center quoted all the time, and if you know what they're talking about, you can't help but right. laugh. You know, you got Chet, you got monsters of comedy. You got right. Chevy Chase. You got Bill Murray. You got Rodney Dangerfield. Right. And I mean, if you're out on the golf, if you're a golfer in anything, you will quote it at some point during your round. Right. It, it's going to happen. Like the movie is just so unbelievably funny. I, like I said, the quotes. I mean, you step up to the tee box. It's I mean, it's your honor, your honor. It's, yeah. I mean, the gopher. Yes. You know, it's, go for Bill Murray. Yes, that's this kind of the side plot you really enjoy. Oh my gosh, you love it. Uh, it's it's just too much. I could watch it all day, every day. I mean, he he was the caddy for the Dolly. Yeah, Bond. man. Much to my parents' I mean, probably horror. I remember watching that as a little kid, just <laughs> dying. I mean, and again, like I I yeah, everything on that movie flew over my head. But the Gopher. Oh yeah, love the Gopher. All right. Let's so for it. me, my number one movie is Remember the Titans, and uh, I don't think it's a shock to anybody that's been following us thus far. I'm a sucker for sentiment. I'm a sucker for uh, a movie that that pushes you and challenges you uh, as a human being, not just as an athlete. And Remember the Titans, Denzel's phenomenal job, football driving this uh, this black versus white coming together as one unit. 
story. And again, you and I, Coach, uh, you and I are fully entrenched in sports, and we know how difficult it can be to have a divided locker room. Oh, yeah. Even if it's one versus the rest of the team, that division uh, ruins chemistry. It ruins uh, the way that a team works together. And so when watching that movie and you see everything start to click and they get it and they got each other's back, uh, yeah, I just I, I love I love that story. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you guys. Uh, we, we're pumped about the podcast response, uh, the poll response, getting all of that. And so we want to throw out a new poll question to you um, about the greatest athlete of all time. Everybody's got their opinion. Everybody's got that number one person that they are going to live by, that they are going to fight you to the death. And so we are going to ask, what is the greatest of all time when it comes to football? I, it's, you and I discussed it. It's hard. It's hard because n- not everybody pl- plays offense, defense. Right. Like, what are you talking? Like, <coughs> I, I, do you want to put someone that has the greatest impact on the game, or do you want to put someone that? You know, you can look at their stats like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It, it's going to be hard, and I'm interested to see what everybody's uh, answers are. I agree, because I think that your mind is going to go, I think I think initially, everyone's mind is going to go to quarterback. Yes. And, and I can't blame Rightfully them. so. Yeah. I mean, quarterback is a vital point, part of the uh, football experience. Um, you know, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. And here's the thing, guys. You can only pick one. Yep, you can't. You got to settle on one, people. We saw a lot of six, seven honorable mention answers on the five top sports movies. Uh, we are looking for number one, the greatest football player of all time. So, with that in mind, we're going to wrap it up here. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, you know, we have a Twitter handle now. We're at Warrior Talk Pod. Warrior okay. at Warrior Talk Pod. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You can get a, you can find it either through my Facebook page or Sean's. We'll be posting it. Uh, you so can that's find Matt it Stewart your, and Sean Wilson. Yes. And our Facebook page is uh, Warrior Talk. Yes. Keep giving us feedback. We love it. I mean, we want we want to hear from you on everything. Yep. What get, topics do you want us to talk about? Yeah, is there something that uh, you disagree with uh, maybe one of our movies, maybe one of our ideas on uh, the Cavs Celts, you know, trade or, or anything like that. We would love interaction. Um, yeah. So I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Stay classy, Danville. <laughs>